Matthew in a month. We're calling it. We're on Matthew 13 this morning doing this because we thought it's a great companion to what we're studying on Sunday mornings in 1 Peter. The Apostle Peter is a prominent person in Matthew's gospel. And when you read Matthew's gospel and then you read Peter's letter, you can see Matthew all over that letter. Um, you can see Peter drawing from his memory uh, the teachings that Jesus had given him 30, 25, 30 years prior to this. It just helps it helps First Peter to come alive in a, in a different way. And we're really going to see that this morning in Matthew chapter 13. So let me pray and we'll jump right in. Heavenly Father, we're going to hear about um, the word and the responses of the human heart to your word. And we're just praying now, Lord, that you would um, till the soil of our hearts, that we would rearrange the furniture of our interior world so that we might receive your word. And Lord, we pray that um, it would take root it would produce fruit to your honor and glory, Lord, for our good. And we ask that you would do this, um, Lord, because we can't do it for ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew 13. Now remember the whole context here, um, as we've been seeing these last couple of chapters, is the many and varied responses to Jesus' teaching by the people, by the Pharisees, by John the Baptist. And some believe, some disbelieve, some have doubt. There's those like the religious leaders, as we saw yesterday in Matthew 12, who have such hardened hearts that despite the most obvious evidence, they are willing to um, give credit for Jesus's miracles and powers to Satan himself. And, and remember, Matthew calls this, or Jesus, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But what we have here this morning is Jesus pulling back with his disciples and giving them a peek behind the curtain, so to speak, to help them understand the underlying dynamics of why some respond to the good news of the kingdom and the gospel and why others do not. And he, he does this by um, telling a parable to the crowds that he later explains to the disciples. And this is a very famous parable Matthew 13, it's the parable of the sower, where Jesus describes the story of a farmer going out and he's sowing seed in the field. Now, if that word, and Jesus later tells us that this seed is in fact the word of God. If this sounds somewhat familiar from 1 Peter, it should, because I think Peter draws upon this um, parable in talking about hearing the word of God, the, the word of God being the seed that takes root in the heart, that changes lives, that, that the word is what God uses to give new birth. And here, Jesus tells this simple little parable. And what he, what he shows us here, let's look down in verses 1 through 9, he talks about four different scenarios. Okay, four different scenarios of what happen, of what can happen or what does happen when the seed of the word is scattered into people's hearts and lives and how people respond. Now understand something. Jesus here is not talking about four kinds of people. Okay. Now there might be four different kinds of responses, but ultimately we're going to see there's really only two categories of people. 
those who respond to the call of the gospel because the word has taken root in their hearts and lives and changed them and produced a crop and fruit and those who um, that has not happened. So although there's four different scenarios, there's two kinds of people. And when we think about this idea of scattering the word of God, um, that can that can denote any and all venues in which God's word, uh, the truth of God, is being maybe it's preaching um, on a on a in a sermon like on Sunday morning or you're listening to in a in a podcast. Maybe it's teaching in a Bible study. Maybe it's in a community group. Maybe it's around the dinner table. Um, with families, maybe it's spiritual conversations that are happening uh, between believers. So we need to think about the scattering of God's word is happening in a variety of venues um, all day, every day. Even what's happening right now, what we're doing here together in Matthew 13 is a form of scattering seed. When you sit down with your Bible um, to read it personally, that's the scattering of the, the seed. And Jesus says this is happening all the time, and he describes four different scenarios of what happens to that seed, or what can happen. Um, it says in the first one, the seed fell along the path, uh, the birds came and devoured it. The second, the second thing that happened is that seed fell on rocky ground, it sprang up for a while, then died because it had no root. Then he tells us again that there was other seeds that were choked out by the thorns, um, and then finally, there is a, we see this in verse 8, other seed fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And if you go down to verse 18, Jesus explains what's happening here. What he tells us is that these first three scenarios are what is happening in the life and heart of the person who hears the word, and that word does not take root. So think about um Instances where you've known people who have persisted in unbelief, people who have not responded, um, people maybe who followed, seem to have followed Jesus for a time but later fell away, or um, people who really turned their back on the Word of God and Jesus altogether. And listen to what Jesus says about each of them. Okay, this is really fascinating because I think we can think about scenarios in all of our lives where all these have been at play in some form or another. Um, so he says the first kind of seed is verse 19, anyone who hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So in other words, there's a person who hearing the word of God is literally does not understand it and doesn't mean like they don't understand the content. They just don't have spiritual discernment. They're just, they're, they're, um, they're not in tune spiritually. It doesn't make sense. Um, maybe it's because they are living their life and things are going great and they can't understand what, why they would need Jesus, why they would need the gospel. Um, and so this is, in other words, they're, they're fundamentally deceived to their underlying need. And, and, and that can take the form of a pretty quick rejection of the gospel, right? Um, I don't need Jesus or that's for religious folk, or I have time to examine that later in my life. And in this, Jesus says they're, they're under a great deception. Well, there's a second kind of person. It says, 
uh, verse 20, uh, the seed was sown on the rocky ground. One who hears the word immediately receives it with joy. In other words, this is not necessarily, this is not a true conversion. This is someone who, and we all know people like this, who for a season, maybe they made a commitment, maybe they made a public profession, maybe they went on a retreat, a conference, they came back on fire for Jesus, and there seems to be joy, there seems to be enthusiasm, there seems to be um, a, a genuine thing going on there, but because there are no roots, okay, while that person endures for a little while, when, look at verse 21, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately falls away. In other words, once the emotion wears off, and this can happen in a week, it can happen in a year, it can happen in a decade, but once the persecute, once the trials and tribulations of the of the of the world set in, once it's not all um, you know flowers and lollipops and roses, and once people realize it's, Jesus didn't come to give me my best life, now um, there can be a great disappointment. There can be a falling away. Um, people can say, "What? Why am I doing this? The payoff doesn't seem to be." enough for me and we all know people have, have like that right who've 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 lived in a state of seemingly regeneration for a while but have just fallen away and what jesus says is that this is the person um who has received the word but it, it the word did not take root in their hearts okay um then there finally is a third person and this was person verse 22 that the the seed the word was sown among the thorns this is the one who hears, um, hears the word, but listen to this, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it, and it proves unfruitful. So this might be someone who, that again, over time, it's not a dramatic falling away. Uh, maybe it is, but maybe it's just a gradual thing where the cares of the world People stop going to church. People stop reading their Bibles. And not that those things in and of themselves save us, but they're an indication of what's going on in the heart. And, and this is like, um, again, the, the seed that's sown among the thorns. The thorns or the difficulties of life, the deceitfulness of riches, what have you, all begin to choke out that word because the word never took root. So shallowness, deceit, persecution. Again, these are all the same way of describing unbelief, okay, of ultimate rejection of the word. These are not people who were, who were saved and then lost their salvation. These are people, regardless of how they appeared on the outside, ultimately over time, it was revealed that the word of God had not taken root. So what is the underlying problem here? Okay, what, what, what's the fundamental issue? Obviously, Jesus' point is that it's the, the underlying issue is not the word, okay? The problem, using the terms of the parable, is the soil, okay? The problem is the heart. The problem is the person. And this is why Jesus goes to great lengths. Look at verse 23. As for what was sown on the good soil, right? Implying the rest of the soil was not good. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, another 60, and, a num and another 30. And so, so Jesus is telling them this parable, and he's explaining it, what it means. 
And he says something really, really interesting um, in verse 11. Okay, let's look back at verse 11. The disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you, meaning the disciples, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. And this idea that to you it's been given, it's or, or the secrets of the, of the kingdom, literally the mysteries of the kingdom. Jesus says, this is not something the human heart is in its sinful condition, is primed to receive the word. In fact, all of us in our natural condition, right, are going to ultimately reject the word. Our hearts are going to be impervious to the word of God. But he says, for the disciples, the secrets of the kingdom or the mystery of the kingdom has been revealed to you. So in other words, going back to what we saw in Matthew 11 and 12, ultimately, um, because the human heart is hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, impervious to the word of God, we have to be given the gift of salvation. This has to be revealed to us as it was revealed to the disciples. Remember what we looked at in, in Matthew 11. You can turn back there quickly. Um, when Jesus says in verse 27 in Matthew 11, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So, so you see what's happening here. Um, the problem, I mean, the, the, the main issue in this text is not why do all these people disbelieve. That's all of our postures. The, the question is, it's a miracle anyone does believe. And Jesus is saying, um, this has been revealed to you, disciples. And, and again, that's the point of Matthew's gospel and really the scriptures over and over and over again. That salvation is a supernatural gift that we cannot save ourselves. We can't save others, right? We can't save others. Um, we have to do our responsibility do our job, do our duty, which is to scatter seed. And so, so Four Oaks, let me just encourage you, wherever you are, maybe you're experiencing these very responses to the Word of God in your life from people close to you, people you know, loved ones, family members, neighbors, co-workers. Keep scattering the seed. Keep scattering the seed. Um, trusting that God will grant the gift of salvation to remove blinders from eyes and to allow his word to take root in their hearts. Remember, there will be no regeneration outside of the scattering of the word, the sowing of the seed. So that's your role. It's my job. Okay. All of us, we're bringing the word of God to people in every context that we do. It's God's responsibility to nurture the condition of the soul and the soil to receive the word of God. And, and this is, I mean, Jesus, again, um, this is interesting in verse 16. He says, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And again, it, that should echo back to first Peter where Peter just talking about, um, Angels long to look in these things. And the prophets knew they were serving not themselves, but you. And Jesus is saying, disciples, 
I am coming and revealing this message to you. It's your job to go let others know about this message also. And that's why we're here, right? We're here, all of us, if we're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, because someone scattered seed into our life. Um, someone, God used someone, something, whether it was a Bible in a in a hotel room placed there by the Gideons or a sermon we heard online or a conversation we had with someone or a devotional book we were going through. You get the idea. Um, salvation belongs to the Lord. And that's what we see happening here in Matthew 13. Tomorrow, um, Matthew 14, um, it we begin to see um, that Jesus's focus begins to be more and more and more exclusively on his disciples as he prepares to set his face towards Jerusalem. Um, but we'll get there uh, in due course. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we need receptive hearts. We need you to till the soil of our hearts so that we might receive your word, that it might take root. And Father, we pray now that you would um, help us to be faithful in the scattering of that seed Help us to be responsive in receiving that seed. And we entrust all this to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day, Four Oaks. Bye.